on BYU Sports Nation, the college football season is officially over. Oh. To countdown or not to countdown to a new era of BYU football? That is the question. Plus, Utah makes it official. No basketball game with BYU in 2016. Rivalry participants Jackson Emery and Jeff Judkins sound off. Who better? And founder of the Big Time Sports Network, Greg Swaim, on the latest BYU to Big 12 banter. Not looking good. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans all over the place. Tuesday, January 12th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with the only man in America who expected a fourth quarter onside kick with the game tied at 24 by Alabama last night. That's Jerem Jordan. You didn't have that prop bet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that, that was a really good game. I'm glad that it came down to the wire like that, and I guess Clemson had a shot there at the end. But, man, Alabama's defense gave up 40 points in that game and won. College football good needed that game last night after what has been a less than exciteful bowl season overall. Yet lost uh, or had 15% lower ratings last night than last year. And that's what happens when you have two teams from the South as opposed to an Oregon and an Ohio State. You just have a regional spread, right? That's what happened. So college football playoff had a major dip in rankings this year, which is interesting. That first year, money, New Year's Day had a lot to do with that. And then the matchup wasn't as nationally interesting as the one before. The South will always watch regardless of who's And it will playing. rise again, according to my dad from North Carolina. I don't believe him, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The South, the college football fans in the South will always watch. So I guess that does make sense to me. But if you have a Big Ten team and a Pac-12 team, then you bring in the whole country to watch that game. So, yeah, that makes sense yeah, to me. They were separated by, what, 300 miles? 300 <sighs> miles. 85 combined points. It was fun. It was a fun game to watch. Big plays all over the place. Special teams, breakdowns. So special. I mean, it was it That was, was the difference really in the game fun. for Alabama. BYU head coach Kalani Sataki in attendance last night in Glendale at the University of Phoenix Stadium. And by the way, the next college football game in that stadium. <laughs> no, hey, no, hey, 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 hey. No. Come on, man. Tijon. Listen, it is BYU-Arizona in Glendale. First college football game in that stadium following the national championship. How many days is it, by the way, officially? Who cares? Like 230-something? I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I know the exact number of days. 235. It is 235. Now, are we doing it or are we not doing it? That is the question today, my friends. The end of the college football season demands we ask this Twitter it, question. It demands? Yes. Gee, why are we not bring back the countdown? Hashtag countdown to bear down. <laughs> You're so defeated right now. <laughs> At Justin D. Sweeney. Bring it back, especially since we're counting down to opening not just 2016 season, but a new era in BYU football. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're sending out, and we just sent this out. Okay, I'm looking on Twitter. When was it sent out? It says, now. This is the official vote. Should we begin and continue the countdown to kick off every day on hashtag BYUSN? So you can vote officially on Twitter. Uh, tomorrow we will announce and then do what you say. If, if the vote is yes, we will start tomorrow. If the vote is no, we're not going to do it. 
But today's Twitter question is why or why not? So weigh in on Twitter. Not only vote, but also weigh in on why or why not. If you're new to the program, for the past two seasons, we have counted down every single show to BYU's first college football game of the season. It's, because we had nothing better to do in our lives. And started, now we have more. It started with Countdown to or Connecticut. Do we? It was fun. In fact, there is <laughs> still confetti falling. I haven't seen any occasionally in a while, which from is the gra- rafters which is from great. that Connecticut oh, I see craziness. One, I see one up in that light right there. We do brought you see it. it? Yes, right I see it. We brought it back wow. last year with Countdown to the Cornhuskers. And I think people got a little worn out, but maybe not. Now there's a new era of BYU football. This is countdown to a coaching staff, countdown to Kalani. Countdown to Ty Gamber. BYU is 2-0 in these countdown games. Just saying, JS. You have two options. Yes, bring back the countdown, or two, please, no. I'm interested to see the vote. I know know at Hobosita is going to be an emphatic (laughs) cementing no. (laughs) Right now, 64% of the vote... Of how many votes? Saying so yes. Far. How many 13? votes? How many votes are in right now? Twenty-five, 25 votes, votes so, are far in so far in the okay. last minute. Okay, this will go for twenty-four hours. If you have multiple Twitter vote. accounts, you can vote multiple times. I'm voting right now. Please no. Boom. <laughs> it's seventy-two twenty-eight now. Fifty-four votes. Okay, so twenty. We're gonna. When did we send this out? Ten o three Mountain Time or whatever. Tom- on tomorrow's show, we will announce the results. I got to create a bunch more Twitter. Uh, accounts accounts and today vote, no. and vote. Do you really want this to happen <laughs> every show, people? Every show, because we are all in. Now we're not gonna we're not gonna give you the people the power on everything, right? You can't just you know it's not there's not absolute power because absolute power corrupts absolutely. Okay, but in this thing, yes, you have the power. I've got the power. <laughs> That's you guys. Okay, the poll question's out. Vote in it. Is it going to be a hashtag countdown to bear down? The theme of Arizona football, you decide. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Kyle Collinsworth, once again, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Second time this season, after a week where BYU won a couple of games, he recorded his ninth triple-double. Last week averaged 17 points, 8.5 assists, 7.5 rebounds, and and 2.5 steals a game. It's pretty good. Yeah. Kalani Purcell is the West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Week. After two wins, that's the most important stat there, 11.5 points per game, 8 boards, and 6 assists. Tenth in the country in rebounding for Kalani Purcell. The men's volleyball team, a unanimous number one in the latest AVCA poll from the coaches. The Cougars play a pair of matches with Stanford this weekend. The inaugural off-the-block media poll will be released later today. Yeah, and it should be actually in a few minutes, I saw here. Um, you want to be the unanimous number one at the end of the season as well. Alabama was that. That makes sense. Jim Fredette plays Jimmer! tonight against the, yep, against the Iowa Energy. I repeat, the Iowa Energy at 8 Eastern. <laughs> energy the race. Iowa Energy. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Together we reach. Oh, my goodness. It is official. BYU and Utah will not play a basketball rivalry game in 2016. This is the place. That news confirmed yesterday by Utah head coach Larry Kraskoviak in his weekly press conference. The Utes are doubling down on their initial reasoning that the rivalry has gotten out of hand and the player's safety is at risk. And we gave you our blunt opinions on Kraskoviak's comments yesterday. Download the podcast if you missed it. And after the show, BYU released official statements from University President Kevin J. Worthen and BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. Jerem, first, if you will, 
the comments from President Worthen. BYU values its long relationship with the University of Utah and our positive collaborations in academics and athletics like President Pershing. We hope this relationship continues. Our desire is to continue the athletic relationship on an annual basis. He continues, It is unfortunate the basketball game with the University of Utah will not be played during the 2016-17 season. We appreciate the plans President Pershing has in place to establish a working group at the University of Utah to identify changes that can be made to ensure future athletic contests are respectful for all. We, too, have worked to identify where changes can be made, and we will continue these efforts. Our hope is that both schools can work together to achieve our shared goals. That sounds like the U- the University of Utah's committee is its own thing and BYU's is its own thing. I my wonder reaction, if they're my are they reaction working to together. All of that. My reaction to all of that is, why couldn't this discussion take place before the game was canceled? Yep. Why do you have to cancel the game now? It's not going to happen for a year. There's some great unanswerable questions in this, aren't there? Why not talk about it beforehand? Like, come together through the coach and athletic directors, establish these working groups, and and together before and together we reach. Together we reach a solution. (laughs) This is the place. Together we reach. Brigham Young was right. This is the place. Bill Walton. (sighs) Now the comments from BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. Quote, I am disappointed in the University of Utah's decision to cancel the 2016 basketball game with BYU. As a former player, coach, and now administrator, I believe BYU-Utah is one of the great college rivalries in the country. Even more now. He continues, it is bigger than any of the individual participants and should be played every year. Here's looking at you, Coach Kriskoviak. And Chris Hill. We value the longstanding relationship with Utah and are hopeful the basketball series, which has been played for more than a century, will continue on a yearly basis in the very near future. I believe the game is important to the players, coaches, alumni, and fans. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So BYU, uh, so Utah comes back and says, okay, we have the same stance. And BYU comes back and says, we have the same stance, essentially. That's what happened yesterday. Yet the difference is um, it looks like BYU is trying to figure out a solution to this, whereas Utah is saying, okay, we'll come up with a committee and try and figure some things out. I want to – you know what I would love? For those um, discussions to be public. Like to be to be broadcast in, like so, a, in some way, like on C-SPAN. Hey, if the, <laughs> I I don't have the power to do this, but I'm going to say this anyway. If both schools want to meet and do it on BYU Sports Nation, that would probably be welcomed. A live debate. It's an election year. Let's do it, man. <laughs> Let's do it. Man. I don't have the right to grant that uh, access, but I am saying that would be pretty cool. Live debate on <laughs> BYU Sports Nation with Can officials from Utah and BYU on why the rivalry needs to continue or not. Yes, with no present your and, and cases. Listen, I won't be involved. I'm too snarky to be involved. The in Honorable that. Ben Bagley will make his official. He'll be judgment. the mediator. Yes, he will be. Oh, he will be We're the mediator. We're making them the judge. Who's the judge though? No one's the bring judge. Like Andy the two Cass sides of ESPN or... work together. There's no third party in here. Come on, <laughs> you bring in Utah State and they'll mediate. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Matt, Matt Wells will mediate. Now, we did talk to Steve Young on the show last Friday, and he offered his unfiltered opinion on what BYU needs to do to try and rectify this current rivalry conundrum. I think you got to own it. Don't complain. Uh, take it, and, and, and let's, let's move on. Let's, let's make sure that uh, we button up from the, in, the, you know, in the future. I mean, that's all you really can do. Now, it being the fact that BYU, uh, he said in, in his circles, 
people talk about uh, BYU being, you know, known for a few things they don't want to be known for. The Memphis uh, game and the uh, the fight that happened after that, the punch from Nick Emery. There's been enough of these recently to where Steve said that in some of his circles at ESPN, they said, oh, B- they connected the dots with BYU and kind of fighting, right? People make a big deal on the national stage about BYU being involved in these type of things because BYU holds itself to a higher standard. So the argument that dirty plays happen in all of college football and all of college basketball, yes, but most other universities don't hold themselves or itself to the higher standard that BYU does, and Steve Young echoed that. We hold ourselves out to be above the fray, and and we 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 are the fray, and that's not where we want to be, and we have to take accountability for it. Yeah, and there's the accountability, and that's what that listen from the Utah side. They probably like the Steve Young comments because they're saying, yeah, take some accountability for it. They have been uh, toxic and venomous or whatever. But aside from the higher standard of BYU, BYU has had too many of these moments. One is probably too many. Too, too many of these moments that get, could be perceived as blemishes on the character of BYU. Well, and in our day and age, where everything is vined out and Snapchatted out you have and to be tweeted more, out. Yes. Louis Lapuahu, you can't punch a dude in the upper leg uh, against Boise State. You just can't. Then it goes viral in .75 seconds to the entire college football fan base. Steve is right. There have been way too many moments like that the past year for BYU. There really have. Way too many. Steve Young with interesting comments. You can hear that whole conversation by downloading the podcast. That was last Friday. Our conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Tell us whatever. We've talked about a bunch of stuff already. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us on BYU Sports Nation. But our Twitter question today, why or why not bring back the countdown to kickoff? Poll update for you. 61% say yes, 39% no, 223 votes in. No. Jeremy, are we doing this again, man? Greg Swaim on Big 12 Expansion next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio. Moving pictures there on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up Thursday night, big game between Gonzaga and BYU on the women's side, men's side as well. But on BYU TV, Thursday night, 9 Eastern, we've got 5-0 in conference Gonzaga versus 4-1 BYU. Big game at home. The last game they played was in the West Coast Conference semifinal, and BYU won that game on their way to the tournament championship in Vegas. Why or why not should we, as a BYU Sports Nation production, count down to the next BYU football game on September 3rd, 2016, at the site of the national championship last night in Glendale, Arizona? You tell us. The poll is out. Vote yes or vote please no. <laughs> it's that simple. Our next guest I would like to set up with a few of his recent tweets. His name is Greg Swaim, and on the Twitter machine he said this, if you're an Iowa State or Kansas State fan, you'd better be very worried, as when poaching begins, there may be only eight spots for the 10 hashtag Big 12 teams. He continues, I'm probably as disappointed in this news, and we'll get to the specifics of what that news is in a minute, 10 teams isn't going to keep the Big 12 together, and they'll be poached by other Power 5 conferences. Then this. 
The Big Ten negotiating changes to vote, allowing a conference championship game as long as there are divisions. Obviously not good news for fans of expansion. And that includes all of BYU Sports Nation. With that, we welcome Greg Swaim on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Greg, welcome to the show. Guys, appreciate having me on. Okay, so after that series of tweets, what in the world is happening right now with BYU to the Big 12 and all the banter that has been taking place over the past few weeks? Well, it's definitely a dynamic situation. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm kind of one of those guys who likes to give the good news. But in this case, not sure it's good news. Uh, and it might even move the vote up to Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, it looked like it was going to be Friday at one time. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the Big Ten kind of threw a, a monkey wrench in this whole situation. looked like they were going to have deregulation and the Big 12 was going to be able to host a conference championship game without expanding. And uh, they, they've they always wanted to hold a conference championship game. They don't want to expand. They kind of like to have their cake and eat it too. The money of the conference championship game with only having 10 uh, members and keeping all that TV, bowl money, whatnot. And so uh, it looked like it was going to go that way. Big Ken all of a sudden said, hey, wait a second. You uh, specifically in the ACC also, who's talked about maybe having uh, two divisions, but just taking the top two teams, even if it were one division, they've talked about that. And the other conferences, most notably the Big Ten, saying, guys, you, you can't do that. And so, of course, the Big Ten doesn't even, the Big 12 doesn't even have divisions. Now there's a negotiation going on behind the scenes where they're saying, you know what, maybe. We'll, we'll go ahead and let the Big 12, if they'll have divisions, they can take their top two teams to have a conference championship. I don't know why the Big Ten's changing their mind. Uh, if, if this you know, is actually what's going on, it certainly sounds like it is. Um, maybe, I mean, if you want to get conspiratorial, maybe they're thinking, hey, it's going to be easier to steal the teams we want six, seven years down the road when the new Big Ten package comes up and, We'll have a lot more money to entice, you know, maybe a Texas, an Oklahoma, obviously the two uh, jewels in the Big 12 crown. And so that's that's great uh, if you're Oklahoma, if you're Texas. If you're one of the other schools, you're going, you know what, we're, we're kind of dicey right now. If you're Iowa State, if you're Kansas State, uh, maybe two teams that will get left out when they take eight teams, if that happens, then it's kind of a bad deal. I personally um, – I've got a lot of BYU friends, a lot of LDS friends who are BYU fans as well. I would love to go to Provo, Utah every couple of years for a ball game and, and do my show. Uh, I would love for that to happen as much as anybody. I don't know right now if the Big 12 is going to be forced to actually take teams. Like It, it certainly looked that way a couple of days ago. And that is my next question. Do you think the only way the Big 12 expands is by forced legislation? Absolutely, 100%. They've shown that. They they will not take anybody. And and if you're going to take anybody right now, the teams that are not currently in a P5 conference, BYU would be the one to take. A huge international following. Uh, you know, they have their own TV package already. The Big 12 is the only conference that allows Tier 3-type TV networks like, like the Longhorn Network and whatnot because they don't have a conference uh, deal. But, man, I, I, 
they're the only way they're going to take teams is if they're absolutely forced to. CEO of Big Time Sports Recruiting Services, Greg Swaim, and the host of the Greg Swaim Daily Radio Show, on with us on BYU Sports Nation. What likelihood right now would you put on BYU getting a Power 5 invitation at any point in the future? Well, that's, I mean, I would say 50-50. And the reason is, if it doesn't happen this time, of the non-P5 teams, BYU is clearly the leader out there. It's not even close. And we've said that over and over again. Everybody else who follows you know, this type of thing says that. If we go to a 4-16 team model, though, if that's all there is, it might be tough. Is there a possibility that uh, Big 12 fans are nervous about being picked from the next time expansion happens? They should be. On our show, that's kind of all that's been talked about the last two weeks. Like, hey, if we don't expand this time and take BYU and either Cincinnati or Connecticut, uh, it makes this very easy for the picking on the next TV contract negotiations when the Big Ten and the SEC and the Pac-12 that have those uh, network deals, they're going to get bigger and bigger. They're going to have more money. They can steal Oklahoma and Texas. And when one of those two teams, let alone both of them, leave, that's it. I mean, the Big 12 is done. So why no fear of the future and only live in the present then? It's all about money. It's all about money today. I mean, you know, if some guy pays you, you know, 250000 a day, you kind of like it. But if you look at it, and, of course, I lived out here where the oil industry's big. You know, three years ago, man, everybody right out of high school was making great money. Now they're unemployed. So you have to look at the long term. And I don't think the Big 12 really does that. Texas and Oklahoma certainly are because they know they can go anywhere. And uh, it's the rest of them that really have to worry. Oklahoma President David Boren has been outspoken on the matter and has voiced his concern about the conference needing to expand. He's also been a proponent of potentially reaching out to BYU. Are there any other friends to BYU, per se, in the Big 12 conversation in in terms of expansion? Yeah, I think Oklahoma State is my alma mater, um, and that's because they're tie-ins with Oklahoma, even though it's a rival. I think they pretty much agreed with David Bourne, who, you know, former United States Senator, a Rhodes Scholar. I mean, he's usually the smartest guy in the room. Unfortunately, uh, the room's usually not full of a lot of smart guys when it comes to Big 12. <laughs> wait, wait. So, Greg, you're saying rivals can get along? I'm very confused by that sentence, given the recent news with BYU and Utah. Well, yeah, on that Utah thing. I mean, I talked to a former Utah player the other day, by the way, and he said, I uh, don't think it doesn't have anything to do with we were supposed to play this game at BYU next year. Yeah, absolutely. What's the perception, by the way, of this whole BYU-Utah, uh, you know, Vegas Bowl and what happened there as well as this basketball situation? Well, you know what? And I, hey, listen, I, I know probably as much about BYU as any non-BYU fan because uh, I've known so many people who are BYU fans over the years and got to know them. But uh, – Hey, BYU has kids like everybody else. They are held to a higher standard. And uh, I go back to, what was it, three, four years ago, you had a team with Jimmer and those guys that was a legitimate Final Four contender and held out one of your best players for an honors code violation. And didn't have to do it. You did because you hold yourself to a higher standard. And so BYU has that great reputation. But people also know you've got some kids that, 
you know, make mistakes like everybody else's kids do. Um, you know, in this case, I think Utah more than anything else, BYU is going to be really good next year. And playing in Provo, probably not something they wanted to do. A good excuse for them to get out of the contract for a year. Follow him at G Swaim on the Twitter machine. Greg Swaim with us on BYU Sports Nation. We are talking about Big 12 rumors and will BYU be a part of Big 12 expansion at all? Looks like it depends on the vote of deregulation that will take place at the NCAA convention in San Antonio, Texas on Friday. Greg, is there any way that the Big 10 does not take the bait and they hold to their line of voting against deregulation? Oh, absolutely. And the other conferences are going to force some of that, too. Uh, The SEC conference has said, hey, we want you to have 12 teams, two divisions, if you want to have a conference championship game. Uh, I talked to Doug Gottlieb the other day, who's taught some folks in the Big Ten and, and, uh, you know, the Big 12 even, and said, hey, you know, if we absolutely had to, we would look at not having a conference championship game. But that's not done them very well because you saw what happened two years ago with Baylor and TCU by not playing that final game. Hey, guys, if they play that final game, the winner is in the playoffs. Ohio State never even gets the playoffs. And this year, Oklahoma, by not playing that game, set out one week when everybody else played. They dropped from third to fourth. What if they were fourth going into that? So the Big 12, I think, has seen the handwriting on the wall is we have to have a conference championship game. Is there any way we can do that without uh, adding on? Man, I would love to see it at BYU and somebody else. I just don't know. We'll certainly be following it, though. Can BYU do anything to help their cause for Power 5 expansion? Well, and people always bring up the no Sunday play thing. I don't, that's not a big deal. I mean, when I talk to people around here, even media members, Nobody even brings that up anymore, so I don't think that's an issue at all. BYU just has to keep doing what they did. I mean, they're very successful. Got out and beat Texas a couple of times. Uh, obviously, they beat a you know not as strong a Nebraska team as you know everybody saw that game over and over again with you know um, UCLA. That didn't work out so good, but one time you know BYU looked like one of the strongest top ten teams around. Uh, they got to keep doing what they're doing. Obviously, you got a terrific brand-new coach coming from Navy, I think that'll continue to, to keep them going. Play an unbelievable schedule. You're going to have to play a brutal schedule when you're independent, obviously. You guys know that. Uh, but if they keep going, and somebody's going to have to add. Now, not every conference would add BYU. Big 12, I mean, it, the last three times this, this issue's come up, who's the top team if you do add BYU? So all we got to do is hope the, the Big 12 does the right thing and adds on. Greg, it's been great to talk to you. We appreciate the insight into the Big 12 conversation. And uh, like you said, we know you will be following it closely. We anxiously await the vote results on Friday. Absolutely. And I hope it happens because I would certainly love to come up there and uh, have a show in Provo sometime and uh, come by and see all your digs. You guys look like you really got it going on with the TV world. (laughs) (laughs) We're We're trying our best. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, guys. Greg Swaim on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. It all comes down to what happens with this vote on Friday. And if you're not familiar with the current situation, the summary is the Big 12 wants to be able to host a conference championship game with only 10 teams. That's the gist of it. And then the Big 10 added an amendment to that proposal. 
that said you need to break into divisions. So now it is, can they have two five-team divisions and keep everybody happy? Will yes. the Big Ten actually go forward with that? Will that be the compromise? We'll see with that vote, and they need a majority. Speaking of votes, 59% of you say yes to the countdown thus far oh out of 314. Jackson Emery up next. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Your whistling sounded excellent, Jerem. Okay, stop. Presented by the BYU store. Oh, the piccolo. The official outfitter of BYU jazz fans flute. everywhere. Oh, I did, it's, a, it's a jazz I was flute? not ready for that, said Ron Burgundy. Men's volleyball is against Stanford Friday and Saturday, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV, BYU Radio. It's the beginning of conference play for the Cougars. They only play four non-conference matches, two later in the year against Princeton, and this is a real deal, New Jersey Institute of Technology. But first, Stanford, Friday and Saturday. What about the New Jersey Truck Driver School? They are projected to be a uh, 24 seed in the expanded <laughs> tournament. If you haven't seen the Onions expanded NCAA tournament bracket video, that's an all-timer. Are you ready to turn up the heat? Dallas Roberts Hair School is projected as a 28 seed. 296 seed. 9,000-some-odd yeah. teams in the NCAA Expand tournament. Expand the bracket. Really funny. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Kyle Collinsworth for the second time this season, West Coast Conference Player of the Week. BYU won a couple of games last week. He recorded his ninth triple-double, an NCAA record that continues to grow. He averaged 17 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 7.5 – or sorry, 8.5 assists and 7.5 rebounds plus the 2.5 steals, which ironically enough, Jerem, is basically like his season average. Yeah, his assist-to-turnover ratio, by the way, was 5.71 last week. That's pretty good. Kalani Purcell's the West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Week. They won both games as well, 11.5 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists per game in those two wins. BYU men's volleyball unanimously selected as the number one team after the first week of play in the latest ABCA poll from the coaches. The Cougars have a pair of matches with Stanford, as Jerem just mentioned, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. The inaugural off-the-block media poll will be released today. Is it out, Jerem? It's out. Here it is. BYU is number one, UCLA two, Irvine three, Long Beach four, Loyola five. You can see the rest of that on Off the Block's website. But I voted. It's unanimous for BYU too, right? It's unanimous number one for BYU in there that one go. as well. So the as the great poet Unanimous once said. That's anonymous, actually. Ziggy Ansah <laughs> voted by his teammates for the Lem Barney defensive MVP, whoever that is. Ziggy had 14 and a half sacks, most for Lions players since 99. Yes, the great, the great poet unanimous. The great poet. Anonymous. Yes, Anonymous was the great poet. That's right. Joining yeah. us now on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline, our second guest today is former BYU basketball standout defensive specialist Jackson Emery. Jackson, welcome back to the show. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? We're fantastic, and uh, we're gathering that you may have an opinion on what has happened between BYU and Utah, given your past (laughs) in being a participant in this game. So let's just throw out the softball, man. What do you think of the cancellation between BYU and Utah? No, that is uh, it's kind of been the the dinner topic for the last you know probably week or so, huh? Um, You know. Yeah, it all boils down to. I mean, you know, the first thing that you got to do is you, you got to take off, take off your BYU hat, take off your Utah hat, and just put on your sports fan hat. And when you, you put that on, there's no bias, and you just look at it and say, you know what, this is a shame. You know, you look at a competitive game as BYU and Utah. You look at the competitive sports we have. You have good programs on both sides, and to really 
take that away, um, especially uh, with the tradition of what we have here in Utah. I mean, it's a, it's a shame. Um, I think it's a, it's a power move by, you know, Dr. Hill and Coach Kristoviak to, I don't know if it is kind of a political move to say, you know, BYU, we're done with you, or, you know, whatever the situation may be. But, you know, I mean, ultimately, I feel like, you know, as sports fans, I mean, we're, we're, we're ashamed and we're, we're bummed that this happened. Is there any reason in your mind BYU and Utah shouldn't play? No, you know, the, the whole idea of you know it being too too physical or dangerous. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, to me, I I never felt when I played Utah. Maybe it was because we they weren't that good, or we beat them up every year. That like my life was in general, or my health was you know in jeopardy at all. You know, I felt like everything was fine in terms of being able to play on a high level and to, you know, compete at a high level and compete with some high intensity. Uh, even when we played UNLV, San Diego State, New Mexico, those are intense physical games, bodies flying everywhere, people talking smacks. But at the end of the day, it was a competitive game. And, you know, we kept our emotion, you know, emotions intact. And, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is, you know what, there might be elbows, there might be, you know, arms thrown here or there. You might, you know, be a hard box out, you know, whatever Kristoyak was talking about. But at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's looking to injure anyone. Um, things happen in the heat of the moment, you know, especially my brother and, you know, Marshall and a couple others that have happened the last couple of years. But I don't think any more than what's happened against other teams that we've played against. How hard is your brother Nick taking this news? You know, <laughs> Kind of funny. I mean, he's he's kind of still in shock of like, man, this this thing's not going away. He's like, I screwed up. My bad. Like, I'm trying to move on. I think we should move on. I think you know, a part of the healing process is to just get onto the next game, get through it, and just say, listen, like that's not who I am. That's not what I do. But unfortunately, that's not what's going to happen. Is that this is going to be? I mean, let's say BYU plays three years from now. Now, the highlights of the last time BYU and Utah played, this happened, and that's going to continue to pop up. So he's a little bummed in the terms of that. Just that He wants to put this to rest. I think the other thing is just as a competitor, um, he wants to play Utah. Um, he knows they're a great school. They have a great team. Um, wants to play against people he played against in high school. But, uh, you know, so as a competitor, he's also bummed. But he also knows, you know what, they're out of my control. I, I just got to focus on, you know, who I play and what Coach Rose asked me to do. And it's unfortunate because Nick's had a good freshman season so far, and, and, and part of the spotlight on him is for that one incident. Um, has he had any conversation with anyone on the Utah coaching staff or players after that game that you know of? He hasn't. You know, he, he thought it was sufficient just to release a general statement to the public um, so that it was to the BYU fans, mm -hmm. to all sports fans, to media, Utah fans in general. Um, you know, I think he – I mean, we did talk about maybe reaching out to Utah, but, uh, I mean, I, he – I just said, you know, leave it up to Coach Rose, leave it up to, you know, BYU in general, what they recommend. But I think that everyone felt that by releasing that public statement it was sufficient um, obviously, Coach Kristoyak felt otherwise, that there was, quote, a lack of remorse, um, which I don't know what else he wanted. I don't know if he wanted to, Brandon Taylor to get a get well soon card or like, <laughs> like some flowers. Like, some flowers? I, 
I never got anything from Marshall, so maybe I should I be offended? You know, it makes you start to think about those things. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like look, if you have to apologize for every elbow punch, knee pinch, whatever goes on in the game, man, you, you better get those thank you cards out and those get well soon cards out because uh, you're going to be sending a whole lot of those if you're a competitor. Former BYU basketball star Jackson Emery with us on BYU Sports Nation. Simple question. Has it become too heated, Jackson? You know, I, I do. I do agree to some extent with you know maybe not as much the players. I, I feel like players, yeah, there's definitely some competition, but I feel like with the fans, there's definitely some ugliness to it in terms of. I mean, when you go to work, go to church, go just on social media, I think there's probably some, definitely some ugliness to it. Um, to, to measure if it's more intense than it was 15 years ago, it's a little difficult, um, just because. Social media amplifies that. Um, it's in your face 24-7. I mean, you could be here at work, and like, oh, I'm going to check Facebook and Twitter, and all of a sudden you have friends fighting about who's dirty and who's this and who's that, or you have people on Twitter just attacking each other. Um, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't have that. I mean, it was kind of you go to the game, you go to work, and it was just kind of that. So it, it amplifies it a little more, I believe. But overall, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't live in Alabama. I don't see Alabama-Auburn. I don't live in North Carolina. It's North Carolina-Duke. But I assume it's just as intense, if not more intense in some cases. Doesn't this make the situation um, exactly what they're talking about, though, toxic and venomous? Isn't it going to become worse if they don't play and then they pick it up? <laughs> I, think it, I think it has that ability to. Because, I mean, if you have kind of that – a build-up period where you haven't played them for a while and there's these, you know, this anger between coaches and not playing or playing the game and uh, and then the fans are angry because they haven't played in a while. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I didn't feel like the football game this year was any more intense than it was the last, you know, time they played. But uh, maybe that was just coaches doing a really good job of coaching their players. I mean, obviously there was comments made, you know, with, you know, at the the dinner or the banquet, whatever that was, as well as, you know, pregame things being said, but that's just, that rolls with rivalries. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I think both coaches do a good job at, you know, coaching their teams and making sure their teams are well composed. But uh, hopefully, you know, this is just a one-year deal, and then they figure out a contract after that. Follow him at Jackson Emery 04, BYU's all-time steals leader. Jackson Emery with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the current status of what BYU basketball is actually doing on the floor. 102 points in a win against San Francisco. The offense looks very efficient right now. But the Cougars give up 92, so they basically needed all 102 of those to beat the Dons. What does BYU need to do to get better defensively? Yeah, you know, that's been kind of the the question the last several years, um, you know, when, you know, Jimmer left and well, when Jimmer and I left, you know, everyone talked about how do we replace Jimmer with scoring? And, you know, you, you look at, you know, not enough Jackson Emery replacement talk. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been no Jackson Emery replacement talk. I feel a little <laughs> offended by that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, as you look at, you know, when Jimmer left, you know, they put in Noah, they put in Brandon, then they put in Tyler and then they put in Kyle. I mean, You've had offensive production. That hasn't been a question. I mean, in some cases, actually, they've, I mean, if you look at it statistically, they've actually been scoring more as a team. Um, but as you look at defensively in the last couple of years, I mean, my senior year, we were averaging, I was just looking up some stats, you know, about 67 
points in terms of what we were giving up to teams. Um, that shot up to two years ago, 77, and currently is at 73. So, I mean, when you start playing with those numbers, your margin of error starts to decrease because every possession becomes more and more valuable. And we've kind of gotten a mentality, I don't know if it's the players, I don't know if it's the program in general, of, you know what, you score two, I'll score three. And that's a dangerous mentality to have because when you play teams where you're not shooting as well, you know, maybe at St. Mary's or some of these other teams you played against Utah in the first half, um, that are good defensive teams, it doesn't give you that ability to, you know, play well. Um, and especially when you played Colorado, I mean, you go down 15, 20 points to make that deficit up. That's something to be tough. And you've seen that with some of their losses. So I, I think this team needs to buckle down a little more defensively. I think they need to get a little more grit to them and uh, pound out the games. And I'm assuming Gonzaga is going to try to do that to them on Thursday. Jackson, always great to talk to you, my friend. Great insight into the BYU-Utah situation as well as what the Cougars need to do defensively. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You know, hopefully this is just kind of uh, something in the mirror. We'll move forward. Obviously, there's no nothing anyone can do. Hopefully, Kristoviak has a like an awe moment in the next couple months because, you know what, <laughs> this, is, this is dumb. I'm going to get it back on the schedule. I think Coach Rose, uh, Tom Homo, they would welcome that, but uh, – We'll have to wait and see, but regardless, it's a bright future for BYU basketball. Jackson, great to talk to you, man. Hey, guys, I appreciate you. Have a good day. Jackson Emery on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Does he need to send Brandon Taylor a get well card? (laughs) That was the funniest part of that interview. (laughs) And a 3-beep interview, so he's taking over for Blaine. 400 votes in on whether or not we should do the countdown. 59% of you say yes, 41% say no. We still have a ways to go. Come on. Sound off. Jeff Judkins joins us next. It's Jamming with Juddy on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live from Studio B. If you ever miss an episode of this show live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Or you have other options. Yeah, you can listen via the BYU Radio app as well, which is free. Uh, You can download every BYU Sports Nation. You can stream it as well. You can listen to live games on that as well. It's a BYU Radio app uh, for free on Android and uh, iPhone. We have the privilege of talking to a former NBA and former NCAA All-American guy, and the current head coach of BYU Women's Basketball, Jeff Judkins, every week during the season. Coach, welcome back. It's nice to be here. I, I really enjoy this time every Tuesday to be able to come and talk a little bit about basketball and what's going on with our team. Well, your team is rolling right now, jamming with Juddy, taking on a new meaning today as BYU has won four straight, 10 of 11, including a win over Texas A&M, the 15th-ranked team in the country. Just beat a very good Santa Clara team on the yeah. road. What what's going on? What what do you attribute to this this turnaround to? Well, I, I think there's a lot of things. I think a lot of players have stepped it up and played very well for us. As as we were talking earlier, Lexi is uh, just playing probably her best basketball of her career. Uh, it's solid, doing everything she needs to. Kylie had a great weekend for us. Um, nice to see her score some points and kind of be what kind of take what the defense gives her. Um, my bench has been solid. Uh, Amanda's coming in, giving us a real lift, and Orton's now coming back. And uh, Broadhead's been really solid, and Fuller played really well uh, this week, also. And so it, I think that, and then uh, just playing together, 
figuring things out as a staff to try to make our team better. And um, it was a great week. Both those teams were very, very good. I was really surprised San Diego beat Santa Clara. When we played Santa Clara, I told my staff that this this is going to be a hard road trip for a lot of people. But San Diego must have done some good things to be able to do that. So we hope we can keep it up. we got a big game this week, and hopefully we can continue it. Yeah, Lexi's been playing really well scoring the basketball, which is actually our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 23.6 per game is sixth in the country. She's also taking 18.3 shots per game. Seventh most field goal attempts in the country, but fourth most makes. Do you like the way she's playing right now? Seems like she's making Um, a lot of shots. Yeah, I think she's taking what the defense gives her. And uh, I would like to cut those probably to 17 shots. But I think some nights she has to shoot more because of the matchup or whatever. And uh, the other night against San Francisco, she struggled the first half. And uh, I thought she really did a great job of just staying with it. Fourth quarter, she caught on fire. And, um, you know, we scored 28 points in that quarter. And she, I think Ooh. she had 16 of the points or whatever. And I think that's the kind of player she can be for us. We noticed that in the latest top 25 poll, BYU not receiving any votes. You've won 10 of 11. Force rate, you have a win over the 15th ranked team in the country. And against Utah, head-to-head, Utah was getting votes, Coach. Does that stuff bother you? No, the RPI is more important to me um, because that's what you do, and they put it on a computer and it comes out. Um, hopefully we can take care of business. Then those things will come in. But uh, we know right now our main goal is to win Thursday and to have a chance to win, the, win our conference championship. We need to win Thursday. and against Gonzaga, who's won it for, what, 11 or 12 years in a row. So um, that's something we're, we're more focused on. In the history of the BYU and Utah rivalry, as new comments came out yesterday from, from both schools, did you ever feel unsafe uh, as, as a player in that rivalry from the Utah side of it? No, because we were in the same conference, and you can't dodge conference. Um, you know, To me, it's a shame. I'm really going to be up front here. As a player, I love that game. I, you know, I look forward to it every single year. As a coach, it's a little harder. I remember one time Coach Majera said, but that game's not that big, BYU-Utah game. We won three in a row, and it's not that big. And then as soon as he lost, he comes back to me the next day and says, this game's pretty important, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh when you goodness. lose is when you feel it. Yes. You know, it's not when you win all the time. It's when you lose. And... Um, you know, I think the players are the ones that really want to play this game. And, and, and I think the fans. I think coaches could say, hey, we'll play somebody else. That's fine. Um, but I think for them, it, it's funny. When we heard about it on the road, all the girls on my team said, hey, you're not canceling that game, are you? Um, the Utah game next year. I want to play in that game. And that's how I think most of the athletes feel. So, so the women's side, there's no discussion of canceling. It is just the men, right? You're I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to listen to my – I'm right now. We're scheduled. I'm planning on to play doing in it. Salt Lake next. Play in year. Salt Lake. Yeah. Yes. Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation. We were discussing the current status of the BYU Utah men's basketball rivalry. Steve Young said some interesting things on Friday about BYU needing to be above the fray. And right now, with some of the recent events, they're kind of just part of the fray, but they need to be above the standard. What can BYU do to make sure that this rivalry continues from here on out? Keep having a great program. Keep uh, aiming for 
the best that you can do to make this program or this university reach its, its potential. Schedule hard games, take care of those like football next year. If they can do well uh, with that schedule they've got, I think that's a big plus. I think for the basketball side is continue to have a great RPI. You know, right now we're ninth and. Dave, you know that's the thing that makes me mad. Dave's had an RPI in the last eight years in the in the under the 50s. So, as a basketball t- coach or a league, whatever, when you have that kind of RPI, this does not hurt you. If BYU was 200, okay, I could see that, but they're not. They're 50 in the 50s every year. I think we just have to continue doing that. Keep recruiting the athlete that's going to fit in our program, and uh, hopefully, both of us can come out with a conference championship and get Gonzaga out of there with one one year and be able to do that and, and just keep working hard. Coach, congratulations on your recent success and best of luck against Gonzaga on Thursday. Yeah, and please, we need some people in the stand. Show up, BYU need, Sports yeah, it Nation. It should be a great game. It should be an awesome game. Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation. We have an update on our Twitter poll coming up next. Do you want the countdown to BYU's next football game no. reinstituted? No. Jerem is pleading with you, no. But right now the vote saying yes, plus the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. No, no, no. BYU Sports Nation brought to you by Dexter and Dexter for help when you need it most. Hey, by the way, way too early top 25 poll produced by ESPN. The Cougars scheduled to play number 14 Michigan State and number 21 UCLA. How many days? Who cares? Who do we have on the show coming up, Jerem? Uh, ben Patch, first-team All-American, and Matt Brown of Your SB boy. Nation. Ben Patch from Men's Volleyball. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to the unanimous number one team in the country, BYU Men's Volleyball. The great poet, unanimity. <laughs> unanimous. Why or why not should we bring back the countdown to kickoff? Vote in our poll. Our elite tweet of the day from at Twiggy or Stone. It says, have it once a week. It's like the in-laws. Sunday dinner is fine, but living with you gets old quickly. <laughs> a concession? Perhaps. Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Tim Mahoney. See you tomorrow.